Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. U.S. healthcare system. Welcome to Healthcare Now, and thanks for joining us on this Saturday afternoon. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry. Larry Jones, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, Dr. Mark. Glad to be with you again today. Yep, we've as always, it's, it's kind of like redundant. We always say, man, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, this we is a really weekly do show, <laughs> and I mean, we're always, always piled in, so I don't know. I guess that's yeah. all good. You know, we're, we're going to talk about uh, cost of medic, uh, Medicare. We're going to talk yep. about the health care cost. We're also going to talk a lot about Medicare and commercial health care fraud today, too. Yep. We've got a lot of data on that. And for the first time since I can remember, we're not going to talk about COVID for an entire segment. We've got a couple of topics. Two minutes. Yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I think you could probably uh, kind of follow the number of positive cases and how much we talk about it, and it's right. probably follow the same line. But we do have some good news. Yeah, it is. It is good news. Go ahead. Uh the first week that the 5 to 11 Pfizer vaccine was available, they actually vaccinated 900,000 kids across the America in that 5 to 11. And there were another 700 appointments scheduled. Yep. Not a bad Seven, start, yeah, 700,000. Yeah, 700, yeah, not a bad start. Yeah, so we're looking at getting pretty close to 2 million in the, in short order. In the first week. Yeah, and they're, yep. they're, the hope is we get... 28 million total. Right. So, yeah, that is pretty good. And I've heard of uh, a lot of friends that have uh, taken the kids in and everybody's yep, I have too. good, yep. good, positive stuff. So that's exciting. And the other news with Pfizer is their the medication that they've come out with. Yes. And interestingly, you know, that may end up being the pill you're talking yeah, about. The pill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may end up being something very uh positive for our future and the long term dealing with yes. this disease. So we'll see where it is. Well, they they just sent a bunch of it overseas um, uh, as a generic brand yes. free. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, that'll that'll give us a little data of what's what's going to happen. Well, you there. know where I think that could go. And, and you've talked about this in the past about vac- helping vaccinate the world. Mm-hmm. Currently in America, we have about one hundred and seven thousand million. I mean, one hundred and seven million yep. Americans not vaccinated. And that's age five and above. Right. And most new infections are from non vaccinated. Yeah, individuals. Totally. And this pill that you're talking about could help with that if they, in fact, do get the infection. Right. Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, Tamiflu is with the flu, right? Yeah, exactly. So the idea yeah. is it's going to lessen the severity of the infection, keep yeah. people out of the hospital, which right. sounds a lot like the vaccine, but it's a combination of things, and I think that's that's what science does. I mean, we, we're not going to get everybody vaccinated. It's no. not going to happen. No. So this is another good thing. Yeah. There was one other article I was, we were talking mm-hmm. about that you know, it was kind of complicated, but it was really talking about whether we should be following antibody levels how do we know who needs the booster? Right. And the reality, we've talked about this on the air since the well, beginning. The only article that we had seen in the past was a study by Cleveland Clinic, and mm-hmm. then you came up with this new article. Right. And so yeah. th- this one, the FDA is certainly discouraging going out and just randomly testing people and saying, you know, yes, you have antibodies. Yes, you you don't need the booster. You do need the booster. And it's like we've said many times on the show, we don't have the data. We do not know. We may never know. And the studies 
uh, or the FDA's concern is there's all these different companies putting out testing devices and, and people are spending money on them and it's really not giving you anything. And that test can be over $100. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a and, whole and myriad. insurance doesn't cover it. And, and no one really knows if yeah. you can get one for $25 on eBay, it's yeah. probably not telling you anything. That's right. So just got to be careful with that and be patient that we are going to get more information as things go forward. And Dr. But, Mark, I think the message there is for our listeners, if you feel you do need to get tested, check with your physician. Right, right. Before you do anything. Yeah, you're just going to be able to use that test to determine whether or not you need a booster. Right. 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 Or whether the things that we do know is is if you've had COVID, you can still benefit from the shot. Yes. And, you know, then they've got all sorts of people are going to be printing. Man, there are so many publications out there on on every bit of minutia on COVID and right. vaccines. And I mean, it's, there's going to be yeah. a lot of data, yeah. but to make sense of of the care plan, which is what we need to do at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So as as caregivers, we have to have an actual plan. And this is all happened so quickly. We're changing the plan every week. Right. And, so you know, the, that'll get better. Yeah, and it will. But, you know, I think, too, I, I actually went to a uh, uh, dancing for Diabetes at the uh, Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts Very Saturday nice. night. My my uh, oldest granddaughter performed there oh, with cool. her dance team. And to get in, you had to show your card. Yeah, yeah we did that. And thing. you had to wear a mask. Right, right. Yep. Yep, and I, I did see. I was there yep. at a show a few weeks ago with my wife. Same and, thing. And yep. people in front yep. of us. That didn't have their card, yep. and then you go the whole politics of you're not allowed to. Act. Yeah, it's it's just oh, a it mess, was you know, know and it they're was just interesting. Though, they don't want news that, that there I was a big breakout. I did not breakout. see one incident where someone tried to buck the system. No, and the bottom line is they weren't going to let you in unless yeah. you had your card. Yep, yep. There was yeah. it was set up. It was set up very yeah. professionally yeah. done. It was uh, done in a, in a kind way, and yeah. so but yeah. but, yeah, but yeah, I did hear a couple of people tell them you know you can't ask me for this card. Yeah. I heard a couple people say that right. but they then they handed them their card right right so, well that's the world we yeah. live in that's right so we've delivered a little bit of good news uh-huh. but i'll just say uh a caution to the listeners this next little piece is going to tick yep. you off yep so this talk is, to me about medicare yeah. you know dr mark we've been on the air almost a year now and we have done everything we can to help our medicare beneficiaries medicare age 65 and older to under not only understand their medicare programs but what's available, and it's interesting that right now we're going through open enrollment until December 7th. But there's some alarming news that came out last Friday about Medicare Part B premiums for 2022. Right. Uh, Right now, Medicare beneficiaries pay one forty eight fifty out of their Social Security that covers the Part B. Yep, and we've talked about that specifically. We it comes have. right and out of Social Security. How those all work. Everybody pays right. that. Yep. Beginning age 65, mm-hmm. you pay that quarterly until you get on Social Security at 66, and then it automatically comes out of your Social Security. Right. So that one forty eight fifty was targeted to increase for 2022 beginning January to 15850 CMS announced Friday that that 14850 is going to 17010 a 14 and a half percent increase right and that's 
You said quarterly or month? monthly? That's monthly. Okay, that's yeah, monthly. It is quarterly. One seventy ten coming out of your Social Security beginning January payment, right? For just and, Part B alone. And the fact that it automatically comes out, so most people will rece- receive their Social Security payment directly deposited into their bank account. Right. They don't. They don't necessarily see a check or an evaluation. It's, of, it's an uh, auto know, deposit. It's an auto yeah. deposit. Yeah. Right. And so now it's going to be that much less. And a lot of people well, are going to notice be it from one forty eight fifty to one. 7010 which is uh, what about $22. Yeah, so it's going to show up less. $22 less yep. every month. Yep. And you know if, or if you're a couple, yep. right? So you're going to see 44 or 45 bucks. Right. Yep. And you may or may not notice that. And I, I had said to you, Larry, why mm-hmm. why are we just hearing about this? Because this yep. is a decision made at CMS. Yep. This yep. isn't something that's voted on in Congress, yep. right? Yep. And and well, let's go we'll talk about I, a little I, more. I think it was intentional, Doctor Mark, because I think they the Biden administration, and of course they take their direction from CMS takes their direction from the Biden administration of course. Of course. and MedPAC, the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission, and we didn't see anything that it was going to go mm-hmm. up that yeah. high under MedPAC over the last six months. And but we, there's another piece that also, aside from the 17010, the admission per admission deductible right. is going to go from 1484 to 1556. Right. So $72 more. So it's going up. Yep. And the only balance to that is the cost of living increase, which, which is, is a six and a half percent. That's right. So we're looking at Upwards of twenty percent increasing yep. in these fees, so you can forget the six and a half percent. I know, so yeah. you're still going to get dinged about fifteen percent. Yeah, no, yep. I know. I know that the Medicare bucket is in sad shape. It is, and I know that some some of the money in in the the rescue plan, if you will, is supposed to go in that direction. Yep. But here we're really taking it out of the pockets of those who need it most, yep. folks that are on a fixed income. Yep. And Larry, we were talking about mm-hmm. another angle on this. Okay. So so you're you're a you're a recipient. Yes. But you're also fully employed, so you're still paying into the yep. system. Beneficiary. Beneficiary. Yep. Medicare is considered beneficiary. Medicaid is considered recipient. Ah, very good. Good. Okay, good. Good. So so you're beneficiary, and mm-hmm. so you've got you're still paying into the system. Yep. On on your on when. You know your tax rolls out of Social there. Security. Right? My wife and I both. And yeah. so, at the same time, you, since you have an income, mm-hmm. the cost of your coverage with Medicare is depending on your income. Right, it can be. Up and this happened four times. during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. It can go up as much as three times that one seventy ten. Right, depending on the level of your income. So you're looking at a regular commercial plan yep. at that point. Well, if you're paying, let's say it is three times. That's what five hundred and ten dollars and thirty cents. Right. So you add the five thirty. You add a two hundred and twenty five dollars supplement. That's what seven fifty. You multiply that times two. You're paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for health. Insurance. That's what I pay for health insurance. Exactly. I mean, that's what. I, yeah. Now, the only difference there is there are no deductibles right. or copays out of that if you're straight Medicare with a Plan right. F supplement. Right. 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 Yeah. And so, again, the Plan F is not the same Plan no, F anymore. You have, yeah. You. I got grandfathered in, in yep. but you can't get that plan now. Yep. It's yep. a different plan. Yep. No. So there's deductibles and coinsurance included in it. Let me just say mm-hmm. there is no way. <laughs> That the average no. person is going to follow this no. stuff, no. they're not going to know. Yeah, I've I been mean, doing this for twenty five years, Doctor Mark. Well, they keep yeah. they keep pulling the rug out from under. Yep. yep. And now, and I, I think that people go through. Yep. Let's let's just say the the majority of Americans that are on Medicare right now uh-huh. are and Social work, Security. And Social Security are they yep. working Americans who've gotten to retirement? Yep. And they that they've worked their life's budget and they yep. have a plan. Yep. 
they don't plan for this. Well, the thing is, if you're fortunate enough to have good health where you can still work and have an income after retirement or after you're eligible for Medicare and Social Security – why I paid the same amount that everyone else paid. More. Why should I be penalized? Yeah, ar- arguably more. Yeah, because I uh, have an income. Right. It's just, and that was the right. Obama. That was actually brought in about 2010. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That's the. That's not a have and have nots argument. No. You know, I think it's double taxation. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is yeah. because you're continuing to contribute, and you've likely contributed yeah. more than the next person. We're not right. taking anything right. away from anyone yeah. who can't work. Yeah. There. That's why right. the coverage exists. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're on disability you're going to get the certain benefits through medicaid right but that that all makes sense but on the flip side of that coming in after how many years that medicare has been around suddenly 1965 so obama changes it up to uh kind of give it a little double taxation medicare's been around for 56 years yeah well i don't know i don't know where it's going I, mean, I don't either. Well, you know, we talk about the Medicare trust fund, and we've talked to our listeners about that. They're saying now, 2026, it'll be depleted. But if they, it seems to me that the way that they're doing it, they're just trying to find every avenue to add revenue to the Medicare program to keep it alive. I mean, where do you see privatization coming into this? Yeah. I mean, because we've seen privatization on the Medicaid side. Mm-hmm. We see the uh, venture capital groups coming in and buying up these mm-hmm. these things and managing them for the states. Yep. I can't imagine that there's not somebody licking their chops and thinking, man, I can make money doing this. Yeah. Well, let me tell you another one. And I I didn't bring this to the show today, but there is legislation to move Medicare age 65 eligibility to age 60. So can I ask you something, Dr. Mark? Who's going to pay for that? Yeah. Well, and how many And they say it'll lower health care costs. It'll also drive taxes up. Yeah, it's just going to shift things around. That's, That's right. all That's it right. does. That's all it does. That's it. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. And uh, our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us, which, by the way, is a temporary email. We will be changing that in the future as we uh, continue to grow and uh, add to our communications. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We are ready to pick up where we left off. And the discussion was about 
You know, I, I got this idea from one of my favorite set of podcasters. It's Stuff mm-hmm. You Should Know. Josh and Chuck, and they talk about a lot of different things. And it's interesting because politically, we don't exactly share the same views. Okay. But one of the things I thought was really good is they came on, they said, you know, we're kind of frustrated because it used to be if a person went to school and got a certain degree and went out and went into work and learned about a thing, they were an expert. Right. And if they came out and they said, this is the way it is. Everybody went, huh, well, that's the way it yeah. is. And that's not There's how it works anymore. Yeah, yeah they, they had true credibility. Yeah. Now people react and respond. Like if you, if you give them the, the word from the experts, they respond with, well, I heard, or yeah. I was listening to this, or I saw on this social media platform, or worse yet, the biggest offender of all of these issues is 24-hour news channels. Absolutely. I mean, because there's not 24 and hours worth of news. they put on all this stuff. And they're going to talk about They may talk to an expert, but then they're going to talk to me, who is not an expert in that field, right. and then they're going to bring in another person that's Five just other out there that, are and just, that aren't experts, yeah. and every, everybody's going to... And the way that, that questions are asked. So I, I kind of wanted to go over some of the things that we learned you know, in our medical training on how okay. to do experiments and how to set up surveys, okay. right? So there's there's confirmation bias. Like so I could do a study and it could be biased because I kind of want it to come out a certain way, right? And that's that's really pretty common. So if if we're going to talk about this with with COVID, if I want to say that vaccines are good, I I'm going to develop a study and it's likely going to have some ingrained confirmation bias. Right. And in fact, if the study doesn't come out the way I want, Today, I don't have to report it. Right. Right. Because, because I'm not. Bias. Confirmation like bias. Okay. That's right. And then you can you can have selection bias, which when you set up what you're going to study and say, you set up, you set up things like who you're going to talk to. Well, if I'm going to talk again, we'll go back to vaccines. Yep. Well, I can pick an area where I know people are heavily vaccinated or I can pick an area that they're not. It's like these surveys. You can, uh, this you can all fix any survey based on who you survey. Right. So yeah. so if That's I if I go somewhere about. where everybody's getting their vaccine and I go, so did you get your vaccine? And I start with that question. You know, the, the answer may not be the honest truth if they're feeling the, right. the, the way. And another interesting one is called survivorship bias. And they give a really great example of this. So when we look at how effective something is, if we just look at the people that had success, like they, they give a, a fighter pilot analysis, like in World War II, when all these fighter pilots got shot down, they went and examined the planes of the ones that made it back, and they said, okay, we got, we got bullet holes here, 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 and here. We need to add armor in these areas. No, these are the planes that came back. That's right. You need to see the ones that didn't come back. And we see this in medicine the all the spot. time, too. That's right. right. So when we're talking to people that got through an event... Rather than how may, they may have had a harder time, you know that that can so be very. So it's really biased. selective information, and Absolutely. it's wrong information, right? Yeah. And something that's so important in in the media today is you know how the interviewer asks a question, and if you're if you're really doing a study, you need to be trained to do a study, right? And if you show up in a white lab coat, the person you're talking to is going to make an assumption that that you're a physician or a scientist right, of some right, sort. Right. So if you're not. You shouldn't be that way. That's right. And you may want well, to. You should disclose it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got this to be an on, on an even playing ground. Yeah. You know. You know. If you if you start asking questions that are loaded, 
and the the person that's going to answer figures, well, if I answer this way, you know, I'm going to think. So that can, that can right. throw it all off too. Because, well, Doctor Mark, let me ask you a good question here, and I think you'll you'll see where I'm coming from. Is credibility really tied to popularity when people are speaking on TV and radio? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Because yeah. why is it on TV or radio? Right. Okay. It's it's this is entertainment, Larry. Yeah. You yeah. and I entertainment. That's right. We're trying to give information, That's right. but if we don't give it in an entertaining we want fashion, to be people are going to change but it the is channel. Entertainment. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that is that twenty four hour news yep. channel. Airways all the time, and you know we're part of it. Yeah, um, we we, sp- are. we spend yep. a lot of effort to to stay the straight and narrow and do do our Absolutely. research. But that's not always the case, right? And it may make us less yep. popular than we could be. Right. But you've got to make that choice. Yep. And you know, this show when we talk about healthcare now, the truth about U.S. healthcare, we made a commitment, you and I, Doctor Mark, at the beginning yep. of the show, that we are not going to be political. Right. We're not going to be opinionated. Yep. And we're not going to be indicting. Yep. And we are going to truly be an educational program trying to help build educated healthcare consumers and also have a real time discussion about how to navigate our complex US healthcare Absolutely. system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say that if it wasn't if it wasn't so obvious how we felt about vaccines people probably couldn't pick our political tendencies. That's right. But, outside of, but that's, that's been right. such a crazy right. thing that was dumped on top of us. It was pretty impossible to and escape. The, and these sensational shows that you're talking about, selective programming, if you mm-hmm. would, or biased programming, that's exactly where that's coming yeah, from. Yeah. And one, one last piece mm-hmm. is the number of scientific journals out there has expanded year over year. And they have to put out results. Mm-hmm. And there's a pressure to put out positive results. So let's say you're testing a medication. If the study, even though it's done well, doesn't mm-hmm. show that the medication, if it showed the medication doesn't work, mm-hmm. so many of these journals who are competing with other journals are like, yeah, I'm just not going to print that. We'll find something else. Right. So that's another issue that, that there's so much hunger for the information that it's kind of ruining the information that we're hungry for. So that is my soapbox. Uh, and, and, very and I'm, interesting, I'm just, Dr. Mark. I just you know, like to spout all I mean we we discuss this with people all the time and it's the old I heard that or I saw that but but who did you hear it from right really consider the source learn how to read an article not just a byline and I think you'll you'll probably be a lot less panicky when it comes to all these issues yep well you know let's jump into one more thing real quick and and you're the you're the expert if you would in the medical side but there was an article on November 18th uh, in the uh, medical news about growing public health concern of COVID-19 chronic olfactory dysfunction. Yes, yes, And let me just put that in layman terms. It's the sense of smell. Right. And I have had so many people tell me that they lost their sense of smell, and some of them, it hasn't come back within six months. Yeah, and and we see this with the uh, flu to some extent, but Mm -hmm. it seems like with the COVID-19 issues, this virus has a propensity to have a, have a larger percentage of people that mm-hmm. are going to have a problem with that. Now, when they have the first issue, they usually lose smell and taste. And taste. Obviously, yeah. very much closely related. You know, right. part of taste is right. olfactory. Mm-hmm. And so the, the taste typically comes back. But yep. but even with the uh, in, even with influenza, you can be six months. And it's serious because yep. people, you don't really want to eat when you can't taste it. Right, right. And I've, I've had friends that have gone through this in years past with the flu, and they, they lose weight. 
You know, they lose energy. Yep. Well, it and, talks and about. So it's, uh, it's not. It's not just. Oh, so what? You can't taste it. That yeah, way, you can't. Yeah. Ta- you can't tell it's bad food. No, it talks about impaired food intake, inability to detect harmful gases and smoke, enhanced worries about personal hygiene, general quality of life, uh, and also uh, diminished uh, social well-being. Yep. No, it's it's depressing. Yeah. No, I and, mean, def- and turns definitely. into depression. Yeah, turns into exactly. depression. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we're we're concerned about that. We're definitely observing it. Um, is mm-hmm. there any way to get around it? Only preventatively. So if it doesn't come back in six months, does that mean it's going to stay with you? No, we don't know that yet. No, okay. we don't know that yet. Okay. So, uh, uh, six I months think is our sort of that far. Would be end. very interested yeah. in that. Yeah. Question. Oh no. Yeah. So I mean, this it kind of goes along with these long haulers. Like, yeah. how, Is this yeah. going to be for their life, or is this just right. a, a, right. you know so much of what we've been learning in this pandemic has to do with timelines? And the reason we know so much about things like the common cold and flus is mm-hmm. because we have lots of timelines that we can work with. We don't have timelines for this for this virus, so we're getting them. We're definitely we're definitely getting them. Yeah. Well, that. Well, uh, you know, the sense of smell, I, I, you know, let me confess something. I don't know that I ever had COVID because I was never tested for COVID. Right. I've had both shots and the booster and yep. the flu shot. Yep. But I have noticed a diminished sense of smell for quite some time. Interesting. Not taste, just smell. Yep. So usually you're going to see it go along together, but mm-hmm. definitely something to, to see your own physician about yeah. and see. Yeah. And at the same time, if it's not due to things like allergy or congestion, yeah. um, you know, sinus issues, yep. there's not a lot of... You know, suggestions of what you, you can, can do. do. It you know, could be allergies do. and yeah. sinus. It definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. All so, right. but then you know, sometimes they just say people don't have taste. You know, I don't yeah. think they're talking about the same thing. Uh, though, I would be interested if our listeners want to want to email us and let us yep. know if they've experienced this and give us their uh, testimonies about how this has right. been going on. And I would say there are other issues with with this virus that have these long term effects. Mm-hmm. And again, just like we're talking about in the beginning, no need to panic. Right. Definitely want to talk to your physicians about it. Uh, don't mm-hmm. be too frustrated when they don't have an immediate answer because we yep. just don't have that much data. Yeah. But the other two I've heard, Dr. Mark, are a persistent cough and a, and a little bit of an accelerated heartbeat. I've heard a lot of people that actually had COVID are yeah. still dealing with those two things. Yeah, there's, what, what's your thoughts on yeah, that? P- pulmonary issues in general. Yeah. Um, you know, people that maintain some shortness of breath with exercise, even mm-hmm. even young folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem to be very well related to the severity of their initial infection. So the the next question that is being looked at and we don't have answers to is, well, what if you're one of those folks that had your vaccine and you had that mild case? Is that going to make you less likely to have these long hauler symptoms or not? We, we just don't know yet. Right. Um, that would be something that would be good to know. And we're all right. I tell you, every there's there's going to be journal after journal just focusing on this pandemic. Yep. I mean, we're not going to stop talking about it for 10 years for a long after time. It's done. Yep. And so that's going to be pieces of information that we'll gather. And so that's going to go along with all of these issues. But again, you don't don't panic. Talk to your physician. Take note of it. But and I don't want it to mask something else that's going on either. Right. You know, you, shortness of breath is a very common symptom for some other problems that have right. nothing to do with the, the, with the, the virus yeah. or COVID. So. Make sure you're and telling your doctor to talk about it. interesting that you mentioned sense of smell yep. uh, could be allergies or sinus infections. Yep. There are definitely other reasons. I, I you know, yep. I hadn't thought of that when you yep. said that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, certain medications. So we don't want to 
on the one hand, ignore these things because and blame it on something that it isn't. Right. Because you know, you're let somebody try to figure that out, and it's okay to be a little persistent if if your caretakers are just telling you, ah, oh, it's it's because you had COVID. Well, that's not a yeah. fair answer yet either. Right. Okay. So right. it's very fair to you know look at all the other possibilities. Yeah. What are we going to talk about in the next segment, Larry? Yeah, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the rising rates in hospitals across the country. Uh, different states, and then we're also going to talk about some of how our Central Florida hospitals have been ranked for safety. For safety, yep. For safety. Okay, yep, yep. By an organization called Leapfrog, which does a lot of uh, things when we come back. But also, I think uh, a little later in the program, Dr. Mark, I want to get back into this private equity that we've talked about and the fraud involved in private equity. Sounds good. Very interesting conversation. We'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to talk a little bit more about healthcare and specifically a grading system. Yes. Uh, new daily COVID-19 hospitalization rates in the U.S. have risen approximately 9% over the last two weeks, Dr. Mark, with 28 states seeing hospitalization rates trend upward, according to the data by the New York Times. Right. So we've got some topping the list, I think, was New Hampshire, Massachusetts, yep. and Michigan. And, you know, if you look around at Pretty the Pretty significant list, increases. Yeah. But I think it's it's a timing thing because think back when California and Florida were all the rage. Oh, yeah. And now we're, we're way down on we're, the list. We are almost at the bottom. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing here is that that bump that we had a few months ago uh, in in Orlando and Florida and what they saw in Texas. Yep. And and we're seeing that sort of track through the other areas because we're still we're still our numbers are good here. Yeah. In well, Florida. let me just give you the three. You mentioned New Hampshire, Massachusetts and Michigan. Fifty eight percent increase in New Hampshire, 47 in Massachusetts and 47 in Michigan. But in now those are increases. And in Florida, we've had a 16 percent decrease. Right. Right. So we're talking hospitalizations, six per hundred thousand people in Florida. Yep. And we're seeing and those decreases are are a good number of states. Yeah. I mean, we're just seeing 24. Actually, Florida was increases. one of the lowest. Florida and Hawaii were the two lowest 
in the in the country. Nice. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna, we, no, we got beat out by Montana and, and Idaho. Oh, that's true. Yep. They, they had a 24, 26% increase. Yep. You're right. Yep. Decrease, yep. decrease. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we're yep. seeing it. It's about, so about half, yep. about half the country's had a somewhat of an increase, and then it's, it goes as high as that 58% and then drops all the way down. So what, what does it all yep. mean? Well, it means we need to continue to follow it. Yep. And it also means when the news jumps out and says, and points their finger at a particular state like they always do to Florida. Yep. They're going to look at vaccination rates. It's just a matter of rates. time. It, yes, yep. it's a matter of time. Right. It's, and, and, and vaccination rates across the country yep. are starting to level out they a bit. They have been for the and last so few months. so we're going to see all these yep. things level out. Yep. Very few. And, and uh, they have to. we still haven't really fully answered the question on whether or not – you know the winter months yep. bring more hazard. Um, yep. You know we don't yep. we just don't have enough data. Yep. And I, I go back to what we talked about in the last segment. Yep. There's just not enough information. We've had we've had two seasons. Right. Well, you know it's interesting in the study, and they didn't compare the increase or decrease in hospitalization rates to the percent of uh, vaccination rates across the population. But I can tell you some of the high vaccination rates that were well over 70 also now see some of the highest increases highest increases yeah but the I total numbers are still down so total numbers so are down. it's a little yeah. bit on yeah. on how, how you play it if, yeah. if we saw the numbers it might actually not be news i don't you know exactly. you know it's so yeah. but 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 i thought that was an interesting article no, i agree uh, and it's certainly florida is in a very good position right now right so speaking of Florida and good positions, mm-hmm. let's talk about LeapFrog. Yeah. You know, the LeapFrog group is an independent nonprofit and healthcare safety watchdog uh, group that ranks hospitals uh, biannually, do it twice a year, and they rate them on an A to F scale based on over 30 measures of uh, patient safety. And basically, they the, the letter grade reflects, Dr. Mark, uh, whether the hospitals, their preventative medical errors. Accidents, injuries, and patient infections. And right. this most recent survey was was released just a couple weeks ago on November tenth. Yep. So yeah, I think we did. Uh, mm-hmm. We like to boast about our own groups. Orlando came yep. out uh, quite nicely. Yes. And this has been going on for many many years. Yep. Uh, yeah. Leapfrog's been around a long time. Yes. So much so that the hospitals really approach this with all their physicians and all their staff about how you know we're having this ranking and they identify it as leapfrog and these these are the things you know they'll see posters around and they'll Mm -hmm. they'll send out emails to talk about exactly what we're looking at it's officially called leapfrog hospital safety grade right that's the official name of it yep so it's 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 important i think you know there's some all, all these rankings tend to get a little bit artificial yep. when you start to look in you just want to make sure people are in the right category right to say one is first place one is second has more to do with how much time they spend to you know make it look good but yep. but you, you want to see you know if somebody's somebody's an a Yep. Then they're all they're in a great category, and that's a, that's right. a place of, that you, right. you'd hope and, to and be And again, find the Advent Orlando and Orlando Regional Medical Centers both uh, rated A's uh, in hospitals in both Orange, Seminole, Lake Volusia, and Osceola counties this year, right. Doctor Mark. Yep, we had a couple of low. There was a, a one, couple one lows. Group, yeah, a couple of lows out in the out in the villages. Yep, the villages UF. and even Ocala. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see see some variations there, yep. but but good to. Uh, It'll it'll be on all the hospitals' websites if yep. they did well, but yep. but not so much if they didn't. Right, and you know now that we're talking about hospitals, there was an announcement just made the other day that uh, HCA is going to build three new hospitals in Florida: mm-hmm. one in Gainesville, 
one in the villages and one in Fort Myers. Right. And these are areas that aren't exactly looking for new hospitals, you would no. say. Um, well, the villages I get because that place is growing. It like is growing that. a lot. Largest Medicare concentration in the country. Yeah, but University UF Health, University UF of Health, Health came in and bought or merged with Central Florida Health Alliance, which includes the Villages Regional Hospital and Leesburg Regional Hospital. And we're seeing a lot of that. I think you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about different ways that the the business of medicine role. I think we're gonna yep. talk a little bit yep. about venture capital yes. in the either the segment or next. Yep. But this we're seeing. So HCA's expansions have been through not just building but through acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, they purchased a, a large hospital system, the Mission System, up in uh, Asheville, Tennessee. That's right. That's right. And that that was a. A very that's a, it was a regional purchase, and what's kind of interesting about that is Mission over the years has had a state approved monopoly on healthcare there for for the hospitals, and now that HCA comes in as a for profit, not not what Mission was was a, a charitable foundation mm-hmm. or a a nonprofit rather. Um, that's maybe interesting on how things shake out in North Carolina, and it's allowing other groups to sort of step up, groups that were already in the area and groups that want to enter in the area. Right, right. And, you know, we're going to talk about uh, private equity and health care yes. on our next segment. But before we go to that, let me just remind our listeners, we only have six more days open enrollment in Medicare Advantage. Yeah, I hope people have gotten everything Six done. Days. Yeah, because it's it's definitely down to the wire. December tenth. Yeah. No, we need to. Every, everybody yeah. needs to make sure. Now, again, if you do nothing, what you had last year stays the same. Stays the same. Rolls now, over. your benefits may change a little bit. Your copays may change a little bit. They will. They will. Yeah. Change. Yeah. But but you're in the same plan. You're in the same plan. Yeah. Now either. that and that's true for Medicaid Advantage as well. Yes. So. Yes. It's so. a Medicare straight Medicare with a supplement or Medicare Advantage. Right. So that's nobody's nobody should be left out in the yep. cold. Right. But they are going to be a little bit surprised when they see the uh, increased. Uh, take from yep. their Social Security checks. And, you know, I, and that's uh, for everybody. You know. Oh, let me tell you, I, I can talk about that for another minute. I think we mentioned it on the last show. We did. But just so you know, today, the expected enrollment for 2022 is 42% of Medicare Advantage of the 60-plus million people are in a Medicare Advantage plan today, 42%. Which is up from previous 14% years. 14% yeah. Yeah, less than five years ago. Yeah. So That's how fast that area has grown. Yeah. So, and is is it... It seems to me that it's creating a good service, that it's actually still pretty well managed. Well, it's managed care. It's right. it's helping people manage their care versus turning everything into a FIFA service transactional right. uh, health care program. And, and so far... We're, we're going to talk a little bit about private equity, yep. but these are private groups. Yes, private that insurance are coming companies. in right. and and doing the, the same thing. They're that's they another a, area they that private equity They get a contract with in. the Centers for Medicare Medicare Services mm-hmm. for a Medicare Advantage HMO contract. Right. So, and, the, so we're going to have to kind of sort of keep an eye. I guess what I'm yep. what I'm I'm being the naysayer to some extent. That of course, when we have a product that's growing so quickly and it's helping a population that is not as likely to be like fully on top of yep. of, of a really yep. complicated situation yep. in healthcare. That you know, there definitely yep. you know, if if you have families out there who have. Uh, 
folks that are on that program yeah. just pay attention to what they're doing, what group they're going with, and because it's all over the television. Well, the, the beauty of the Medicare Advantage plan is it fixes your cost, and mainly uh, it's a zero premium for PCPs and specialists. Right. But and what the Medicare Advantage programs offer that straight Medicare doesn't today is you get hearing benefits, you get vision benefits, you get transportation to hospitals and and your physician office visits if you need it. And there are many over-the-counter meds. You have an allowance monthly for those kind of things. There's a lot of different things in Medicare Advantage, plus you're not paying a premium if you're in a PPO. Right. Right. And I guess the the only downside you want to look into is what your possible possible hospitalization or ER costs. Mainly hospitalization, because they don't advertise these when uh, they advertise these programs. And it's usually anywhere from $175 to $275 a day for the first five to seven days. And when you add that up, it can be more than what the actual 1556 is per admission if you're under a straight Medicare, mm-hmm. and your supplement covers that 1556. Now, what about total out-of-pockets for these programs? Yeah, there's uh, the, the Medicare Advantage programs have out-of-pocket. As you know, you end up in the donut hole on the Medicare yes. pharmacy piece. Yep. Yeah, and talk then, about that again. We've talked about yeah, it before. We've talked but about it's, that it's, a number of yeah, times. And, yeah. and I know we're jumping all over yeah. the place today, Dr. Mark. But yeah. I think the big thing that we really want to mention is only six more days yeah. for yeah, our, no our uh, Medicare listeners to pick a plan. If you're not happy with your plan, you want to call us. You can email us. Do yep. whatever you need. Or go to a Medicare advisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shine is one of the Medicare. It's Shine.com. Yep. And you can find these nav- Medicare navigators as well. Yeah, and all the companies the have folks that, that will give you that information. It's They're not, not trying to hide the information. I just think, no. you know, getting it on the commercials on TV is a really bad way to do very it. Very misleading. Yeah, very misleading. Yep. And, you know, it may, may get you in something yep. that doesn't match. Because yep. you can imagine that healthcare is so personal that you really want to design your plan around what your needs are. Exactly. And, and you know, you can do that if you're a, a husband and a wife, and you're a couple and you're both on it, you can actually have different plans. And, you know, when you're a family, it's a little harder to do that yep. because you've got five people and it's hard That's to right. manage, right? That's Unless right. there's someone that has a chronic health well, condition. Normally, if you're probably over 80, 85, you've got a caregiver helping you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger than that, people are pr- probably pretty eligible to make their own decisions right. about their Medicare. But Medicare and the health care system today is so complicated that people really need to learn what they need, what they you don't know what you don't know, Doctor Mark. Right? Don't, don't you sit back and say, "Oh, this this is the government's going to take care of me," and sit back and do nothing because you're right. going to miss out on a, on a lot that's of right. opportunities. And I mean, I think that's a the second bottom line. But say say one more time, we are we are running out of days. Yep, six to, more uh, days. Six more days. December tenth. And so definitely jump on that. And uh, you know we don't we don't want to miss out and then have to wait an entire year. Exactly. So we are going to talk about private equity firms and yep. healthcare in the next. Next segment, Larry. Right. Yep, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Social Security as well. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. And uh, our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. All right, we'll be right back. Okay. 
You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. Theanswerorlando.com. Tune in, iHeart and odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're going to wrap up today with a couple of interesting financial yep. conversations. We are. Let's start off with uh, why the Justice Department is targeting private equity in healthcare. Yeah, you know, there was a private equity firm, HIG Capital, sure. which bought a large Massachusetts mental health provider through an affiliate, and, and doing their due diligence turned up warning signs that something fishy was going on. There were documentation issues and poor quality of suit supervision, Dr. Mark, for this thing. Well, that didn't deter HIG, who actually has $21 billion in capital under management as an investor as a private equity. Right, right. Well, after the deal closed in 2012, three of its senior members joined the board of this new acquisition called South Bay Mental Health Center. But HIG's leaders didn't stop South Bay from using unlicensed clinicians across its 17 facilities a practice that would actually bill Medicare over a hundred million dollars in false claims. Wow. So so this is stuff that their due diligence uncovered. Yep. They went ahead and went ahead with the with the equity portion anyway. Yep. And interesting, interesting. And you know, we all know that when physicians or hospitals sell out to private equity investors, costs go up and quality goes down. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been the experience. But this is a blatant example of not only did they completely ignore the idea of using qualified clinicians, they're using unlicensed clinicians in all 17 of their facilities in their build Medicare and Medicaid over $100 million in false claims. Wow. You know, I tell you, one of the most amazing pieces of information about this story is so they were basically sued by yep. the Department of Justice yep. for $100 million plus, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. And they made it all go away for well, twenty five million. Well, they actually ended up paying twenty five million to settle. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That, yeah. that that they could have been they could have been if they proved a hundred million, they could have paid forty times that. That's right. Yet, that's right. yet they just wrote a check for twenty five million. Right. Well, they're a twenty one billion dollar company. Yep. I, I just don't 25 see... 25 million doesn't hurt you. No. See, I, that's what I'm saying. That's I right. Mean, and we, we hear the front end of these of these articles that talk about, oh my gosh, you know, the DOJ. And I, and I know that they're pumping their end of the number up, too. Yep. yep. But that, that just... That always leaves me scratching my head and thinking they had 
unlicensed clinicians. That's not, unbelievable. They're not, they're not saying that, well, you know, they could have been better. Yeah. You know, maybe the quality wasn't Poor there. Quality. They're saying unlicensed. These people don't even have a license yeah. to so, practice I mean, people medicine. People could do jail time for this stuff. Yes. And they, yes. they, they, they settled it in October Well, for let me tell you how million. bad this has gotten, Dr. Mark. Private equity in 2000 represented $5 billion in investment capital. Right. In 2018, it represented $100 billion. No, it's, it's where... They're figuring this out, right? That's crazy. They're looking at that $4 trillion yep. that's being spent out that's there right. That's right. and saying, well, you know, in private equity, we can put together the, the folks that know how to make the numbers work. Right. And, you know, most of the time in healthcare, business folks, mm, you right. know, maybe not so great, but they're going to figure out how to make it work more cheaply, but right. keep all the money. Right. And wh- what do we really need, Larry? We need a figure. Yep. We need to decrease administrative costs That's and right. decrease 33 percent of our cost yeah. to our entire U.S. healthcare system is administrative right. cost. Right. And clearly, third. clearly, I have no interest in, in socialized medicine. Yeah. But what I do have an interest in is reining in that ridiculous cost that yep. we just can't keep up with. Absolutely. I say we because so much of it is paid out through our taxes. That's right. All the government support. That's right. It's all and federal. So, so we, tax we go and, and private equity, if that's how it's going to work, that isn't the answer. Well, let me give you the pro and the con on this whole thing. Proponents of the private equity say it's a very important entity because it provides the capital needed for technological advances and other innovations in healthcare. That's the pro side. Others argue that the private equity business model, buy a company, boost profitability, and resell it for a hefty return, is incompatible with what our healthcare mission really is. Right. And I'm going to go to your first statement mm-hmm. that that, okay. that money is going to pump up technology. I don't believe that yeah. because we're already paying for the technological advances by the tech companies. That's right. So we're going to pay twice? Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that's garbage. You know, that it that is. is not, you know, they they can buy, they can go to a system and say a system has a need for real estate, needs more space, and they may be able to pump that up. They may be able to pump in money to get better quality clinicians to come in. They could do that. But they're not speeding up technology unless they're buying a technology company. The big pharma companies and the big high-tech medical device companies are the ones that are putting all the R&D in Right. And they're getting paid for that. They're getting paid for that R&D. It's not the private equity people. Right. So so I'm not buying that. I agree with you, Dr. Mark. So so if we're we're looking at it's it's clear and they're not it's not an evil empire and everybody they all deserve to do what they do sure and, it's capitalism and, and, and they're, well they're private equity firms to come in and buy okay. buy physician groups sure and there's no doubt we have some right here in central florida oh, absolutely i've yeah. got lots lots of friends yeah. that have gone that route mm-hmm. and you know there are groups that you know if, if you've got a physician groups at a certain size there's some ec- economy of scale if you can there's no doubt but if it's all yeah. just i'm just worried about if it's all profit driven, yep, and we're just seeing that profit go back, I don't know. It's it's well, not that's something what that doesn't the opponents feel to private equity yep. models are. They say right. it's all profit driven, right? And you know we can report back on on a private equity model that got that that got sued by United. Yep. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yep. Team that Health. Team Health was sued mm-hmm. by United yep. for I think it was over a hundred. What was it? So, so well, they claimed that they had uh, over $100 million in claims. False, yeah, they were false but claims. But they felt that $12 million of them was underpaid. Right. And so they took – Team Health took United to court and last week won the judgment. Yep. But they only – Team Health. Were, team Health. But they were only awarded $2.6 million. 
So United was ordered two point six. Yeah, United has yep. to pay Team Health two point okay. six gotcha. million. Gotcha. Out of the twelve million, they said they owed them. Okay, gotcha. So you know you see it going back and forth, and I mean it's it's really it's adding another player in the system. Right. And I'm not sure what that player is adding to the system. I'll, I'll kind, of right. leave, kind of leave it at that. Right. But the whole article here talked about the Department of Justice and state attorneys in general are keeping a close eye on all these sure. private equity deals in health care. In fact, many of them, because if they're sizable, have to be approved right. by the Department of Justice before the deal could go through. Larry, you know what Stark laws are. Of course. So Stark laws for our listeners are basically laws that were set up on, on the, on the yep. premise, right, anti-kickback laws mm-hmm. for providers, right. right, specifically providers, because health care providers should be in health care because they want to help, not because they want to make money, That's right. says Senator Stark in his right. three Stark laws. And so I'm not going to argue that there are situations where people might take advantage of their position, but these laws are so draconian and so overreaching and all you got to turn around and do is be a private equity model and you can just destroy the system all day long exactly so so this is i mean you know i'm going to have like friends that are in private equity that i don't know or friends that have invested it's going to be all over me but it's just not it's not the answer it's shifting profits well it's creating savings but putting it in pockets not putting it back into the system but And again, that is a very important piece, Dr. Mark, but there's another piece of this that I want our listeners to understand, that health care private equity firms have represented 80% of the false claims act settlements proceeds since 2017. So we're comparing that to hospitals that yeah. are not private right, equity, right. medical groups that are not private right. equity, 80%. Hmm. And, and 80% what, are owned by private equities. Interesting. Interesting. I thought I, that I wonder, was interesting. I wonder what, what's the total percentage, I wonder, of, of I don't private know. equity ownership. But, but then let but me that give number you a, does seem pretty damning. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it is very damning. Yeah. And let me tell you one other thing. The DOJ interviewed in a, intervened in a case involving a private equity compounding pharmacy oh, yes. company. Yeah. And you've heard of this, yes. Patient Care of America. And they were accused of submitting claims to a VA program for pain creams using illegal kickbacks. Well, the reimbursements for these creams range from anywhere from a thousand to eight thousand dollars per prescription yeah. with a profit of over ninety yep. percent and the one a Florida attorney down in Fort Lauderdale who represented the whistleblowers in this case he says you can go to your neighborhood drugstore and get that same pain cream for thirty dollars yeah it's really interesting that the yep. compounding pharmacy game yep. which I'm you know proud to say there, there are lots of opportunities for me to get involved with that, and I always just said, you know, it just doesn't seem right. That's right. And they, I'm telling you, it, it yeah. was built up. It's still going on. In the podiatry world, it's rampant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's for, yeah, for, yeah the, the pain creams. So the way it would work is they would come into your office and say, okay, if you have a patient that has this particular insurance, right. write, we'll this, pay for it. write this thing, and That's so it. we're going to make this compounded cream, and it's going to have five ingredients. Well, you know, how how do I what about everybody else? Well, theirs will have four ingredients. Right. And that fifth ingredient So which it's just modified nothing, very Yeah, so slightly. that fifth ingredient is only yeah. there to match something that that insurance company has a loophole in the, I and so you. they so the game is to study 
what the insurance companies are going to cover. Right. And it's huge in workman's compensation. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's really something that, that I got, the first time I got approached about this was a number of years ago. Somebody mm-hmm. was starting a pharmacy, I think, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I want to learn more about this. So I really did. Right. It was like, right. I felt like an undercover. Right. I was right. like learning. <laughs> but I tell you, at no moment did it ever smell right. Yep. And yep. some of the groups are still going on. And I'm, I want I, I would love to believe that some of them are above board, but I don't know that yeah. that's the, the numbers case. are staggering, Dr. Oh, yeah. Mark. For the same yeah. tube of gel. Yeah. I mean, Can yeah. you imagine yeah. $8,000 for a $30? Bottle of cream. Yeah, yep. And I think the I think the difference between the eight thousand and the thirty is actually that one ingredient. I yep. think that's how they that's how they do it. And the question becomes, does that ingredient do anything? Right. It doesn't right. matter. You know what that right. ingredient does? It allows that particular insurance company to pay you to bill it and, and pay and, for it. And yep. then and yep. these companies come yep. in and they say, and we'll give you know we'll give you half. Yep. Well, that's when you know it's shady. Yep. Because, you know, the, the, just the, the making of it, none of it makes, it just didn't make any well, sense. Well, you know, it goes back to you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a mathematician or a business person to understand if it sounds too good to be true, it probably it is. It probably is. <laughs> no, that, that <laughs> definitely it. goes here. And, and I don't know, these, these things will continue to be uncovered. And, and why? Because our health care is a sense of vulnerability. Yes. And, and the one thing that, that Stark was right about was he said it was too important to be taken advantage of. I yep, agree with that. Yep, yep. What I don't agree with is who is being held accountable for taking advantage of it. Right. And in his cases, it's only providers. Right. Well, and, you know, Dr. Mark, we're a $4 trillion healthcare industry in the U.S. today. By 2030, it's expected to be an right. $8 trillion. It's not going to get any better. It's not. It's all not. these problems that we've talked about and all these challenges and opportunities from the dollar standpoint in healthcare right. are going to continue to increase as yes. problems as we no. double the size of our healthcare industry in yeah. America. And and providers account for between 11 and 17% of those dollars. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what they're yeah. taking out of the system. Right. And, and and we're looking at what private equity and what hospitals, what pharmacies, I mean, what they're taking out of the system. Yep. Dr. Mark, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. It's yep. been very enjoyable, very informative. Absolutely. And again, before we close, I want to wish you the best oh, in your new endeavor. No, I really, really appreciate that. I'm looking right. forward to getting started. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now.